Many people really like to get into a routine where they know how and when they're going to do certain things. But recent studies show that too much routine can suffocate your brain. Jeez, that doesn't sound good. Stay tuned and find out more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Back in 1979, I was on a sailboat with my dad and a high school friend. But instead of a five-day vacation in the Bahamas, we wound up being shipwrecked on a deserted island in the Bahamas. Now, at the time of the shipwreck, I was the captain. And while it would be incorrect for me to say that the blame for the shipwreck was entirely mine, certainly my actions, or rather my inaction, led directly to the shipwreck being terminal or the sailboat instead of perhaps a mild inconvenience. And in the end, one of the biggest factors that led to the shipwreck is something that I call the numbing effect of routine. The numbing effect of routine. Okay, shameless plug. I wrote about this and more in my 2016 book, Grounded. And if you want to learn more about that book, you can find a link to it in the show notes. So in all of my years in financial services, I've come to realize that banking is nothing if not procedurally bound. We thrive. We love the routine of documented processes. And we train our staff to faithfully execute those processes over and over and over again. Varying from the procedure is not welcomed, perhaps even punished. And yet there's a body of research that says that excessive routine may affect us such that we don't fare well if we're knocked off that routine. Now, this could be something as simple as a processing wrinkle that doesn't align with the written procedure uh, to something more extreme, like the disaster uh, that might occur when a hurricane hits a place, like uh, not that long ago in South Florida, for example. Now, did I recently read an article that spurred my thinking on this topic? Of course. And you'll find the link to that article in the show notes. In that article, a gentleman by the name of Markham Hyde writes that in our efforts to establish a routine that organizes our life, we are inadvertently negatively affecting a set of brain functions known as executive functions. The executive functions are the cognitive tools that your brain employs when life presents you with changes or challenges. They rely on working memory, willpower, and concentration. And there's evidence that the less that you engage them, the weaker they become. The more likely a person is not regularly engaging new challenges, not working on problem solving, evidence shows that executive functions will atrophy no different than an unused muscle. Hmm. Now, Hyde suggests that the more your life gets really organized and you adjust to that routine, it's really easy to stick with it. But if you're forced to break out of your routine, you'll likely struggle. Moreover, a 2017 study shows a link between heightened anxiety and inverse relationship with goal-oriented behavior. Our 
and over-reliance on routine at financial institutions could bring anxious employees to the bear that are not creative. They're not looking for how innovations could create efficiencies. Hmm. Now, does that sound like a recipe for employees that are prepared to deal with a situation that might stray from the norm? Now, I believe there are two mission-critical areas that this reliance on routine can negatively affect. One is not identifying an area that should be the target of innovation. The other are people that are less effective in remediating a true crisis. Let's take a look at each one of those. Now, identifying a potential element for innovation. So I, if you've at all listened to my podcast, you know that I'm constantly, constantly talking about the need for every employee across the entire enterprise of any organization to be looking out for innovation. One of the best examples of this is the employee that executes a seven-step procedure dozens of times every day. Now, at some point, something happens as the employee is executing the procedure that indicates that the event is not tracking with the written procedure. Now, in this instance, the employee can really do one of three things. One, they can drive through the process, regardless of the nature of the exception. Uh, in essence, they have a hammer and everything that occurs in the process looks like a nail. Now, number two, they could ignore it and pretend that it didn't happen. Uh, that definitely happens. Or three, they can identify that the anomaly might be something that should be examined as the source of a creative idea that might streamline the process, potentially leading to innovation. We should never do anything that limits our employees from identifying and creatively innovating on process exceptions. Now, the other was enabling people to remediate a crisis. Now, if and when a true crisis occurs, the most important element in successfully remediating the crisis is how immediately the employees take thoughtful action. Thoughtful action. And that means that they will make a determination of what the appropriate response would be, not a reaction, a response, and then they would take action. They don't get a focus group together to decide if it's okay for them to act. They don't wait for the senior executive to provide a specific directive to act. They act. And if the science that high documents is accurate, the very act of being a banker may limit those employees' ability to address a disaster in a manner that quickly remediates the problem. So, don't you think it would be a good idea if they were actually prepared to act on your organization's behalf. I think so. Now, what I'm not saying is that you should get rid of all routine, just throw away all those written procedures. That's crazy. What I am saying is that we can recognize that our process-oriented business inherently leads to a reduced ability to recognize potential innovations or preparedness for addressing disasters and then put into place specific activities that would address this numbing effect of routine. Start with the concept that curiosity and drive for exploration are linked with improved mood and reduced risk of depression. Well, then we would need to regularly push our employees to be working on problem solving. Now, here's an innovative way is to take a group of employees out to, wait for it, an escape room. <laughs> really, really cool if you have an escape room that has multiple identical rooms. If you take 12 employees to escape room and you get six on one team and six on the other team, 
And of course, you'll make those teams cross-functional. And then there's a competition to see which one of the teams can get out of the room first. That adds an additional element of drive for the team to focus intently on the numerous problem-solving things that exist in the room. Now, if there's not an escape room business near you, you might be in a rural location and you might not have one, uh, go online and order escape room in a box. Uh, there's many of them available. I've used many of these over the years. And while you may not think that a 14 by 14 inch box could possibly be the equivalent of a physical escape room, you'd be wrong. They're tough problems to solve. And again, you can get multiple teams all competing to solve the same puzzle and see which team can escape first. Now, there's many options for doing an escape room in a box. And in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to uh, one of the ones that I've used before to great success. So an escape room field trip or an escape room in a box is just one idea. There's many ways you can actively engage with your staff to keep them sharp and ready to address anomalies and disasters. Now, regardless of the form, you should undertake the effort to have a continuous program of thought-provoking exercise. A monthly logic quiz posted on your internal intranet. A quarterly program for vetting and gating innovation ideas. Hiring a consultant to come in and perform an innovation workshop. Hmm, shameless, another shameless plug. Well, I'm sure that you may have a dozen ideas to my one. So if you have other ideas about how you keep your people sharp and ready to go, give me a shout out. The contact information is coming up in just a moment. And let's keep innovating. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.